nothing, <clears throat> excuse me, nothing excites me more than seeing men and women come together as yesterday, and we did some house cleaning. I praise God for the men that was, uh, was committed to clean the house of the Lord, and praise God for the, the women that came up and cleaned the nursery, and I saw uh, one of the ladies uh, mopping and cleaning the bathroom and just vacuuming and all just it was teamwork and that's what I was talking about and I don't know about you but that really super pumps me up okay I'm pumped up all the time but I was pumped up even more okay and gosh I'm, I'm sorry for saying Lord you are good see I got so excited I hope you know but uh, you know I just want to say thank you to uh, with all the men that came out and I said it is only the beginning we're going to do some, continue to do some major cleaning because this is God's church, amen? amen? And he blessed us with the beautiful building, but he needs some tender love and care. I especially want to, I don't want to embarrass these two sisters, but I especially want to have a special shout out to Sister Darnese and uh, Sister Pearl because, amen. Because <laughs> us men, we worked hard and we were hungry. And 12 o'clock, the lunch was ready, and we ate. And, uh, and after we ate, we had a major food coma. And the guys are saying, Pastor Nick, I think we're done. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. But we're going to continue on uh, cleaning because, again, there's some, a lot of things that we need to uh, do for this beautiful church that God has given us. And I hope and pray that you uh, come out, and we will continue to make the announcements. Uh, when are we going to do that? And I hope that you can put that in uh, save the date and come out and join us. But uh, I praise God. Uh, Brother Philip, man, you just, you just blessed us this morning. Amen. And uh, again, he's saying, I think you wrote that song, right? No? Okay. <laughs> he's a talented young man, and he writes some of his songs, and I thought perhaps he wrote that song. And he's the byproduct of Uptown Baptist Church. Amen? I heard when he first came, he was about this high. Were you about this high? Now he's taller than me. <laughs> and, uh, but praise God what God does. And we're so excited for him and the new journey that God has uh, all prepared for him. And we bless you, brother. And may God continue to develop you, nurture you, to become the man of God that he had called us to be. Uh, we started a brand new series called uh, uh, Roadmap. And I especially came up with this title because a lot of us are going on road trips. Uh, visiting different states, to visiting parents or families, and taking vacations. But what about a roadmap to what God wants us to be? And last week, we kicked it off by saying, I believe godliness is what God desires, and he wants us to be godly men and women. And we talked about that last week. Today, we're going to talk about something that it is very challenging and is not easy for all of us. It talks about humility. And Christ himself says, I am gentle and meek. And he got backslash for that. People didn't like when he said, I'm meek and I'm gentle. People didn't, people didn't like that. Nor do people like it when I say, I want to be humble. I want to have a humble heart like Jesus Christ. We don't want to be that. Again, the, the, the world said you need to be prideful. You know, you need to be a, look out for yourself. But humility is about something else. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I hope and pray that you are all ready to hear the Word of God. And uh, I hope you will be blessed this morning as I was blessed preparing this message. 
Let's pray, and then we'll go into the Word. Father, we thank you for this beautiful na- uh, a day that you have given us. And Father, we thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus that we can exalt and lift up high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. That you came and you saved. And you lived a life and you exemplified how we ought to live. And this morning, you want to teach us about humility. And I pray, Lord God, that you would bless our ears and our hearts and our minds. Help us to listen, knowing that it is the Word of God. That it is not a man's opinion or a suggestion, but it is the Word of God that flows from the heavens. And it is Word from the Word of God and nowhere else. Now may the meditation of my heart and the words that are spoken through this servant may be pleasing unto your sight. In the holy name of Christ we pray. Amen. A pastor, a boy scout, and computer expert were three passengers of a small airplane. Including the pilot, there was four people in the small airplane. As the pilot was navigating this plane, he noticed that the there was something wrong with the engine. And he knew that the, the, the engine was going to fail and the, the airplane was going to this, gonna fall. And he lost control of the plane. So he went back to the cabin, looked at the past, a pastor, the boy scout, and the computer expert, and he says, we have a problem here. The plane is going to go down. And the, and the bigger problem is that we only have three parachutes and we have four people. And he looked at them, he says, listen, I have a wife and I have three young children. I have a wonderful family and I need to go back to them. I need to survive this flight. So he took the parachute and he put it on his back and he jumped. Who was next? The computer expert looked at the pastor and the Boy Scout and said, I am the smartest man in the world and everybody needs me. So therefore, I'm going to take the parachute, put it on my back, and I'm going to jump. And that's what exactly what he did. The pastor, who's a little older than, well, much older than the Boy Scout, looked at the Boy Scout in the eye and said, Son, I lived a rich life. I want you to take the last parachute and jump. And I will go down with the plane. And the boy scout looked at the pastor and said, Pastor, relax. The smartest man in the world took my backpack and jumped. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, this is a reflection of our culture today, isn't it? The computer experts, the computer expert represent someone who is arrogant and who only cares about himself. But we do have people like the pastor who is humble and cares about others rather than himself. The, prime exa- the, pra- the pastor was a prime example of humility. And the question that I have to ask all of us, beginning with me, 
is who are we? Are we like the computer expert thinking that I am the smartest or I am the wisest person in the world and that everybody needs me? Or are we like the pastor saying, I look at others first? Do we have a heart of arrogance or pride or a heart of humility? Peter, knowing the heart of humanity, wrote this letter to address this pride issue because he knew that there was an issue with pride, not only with his church, but with the people that he came across with. And he challenges his listeners, like yourself and myself, to be humble. A lesson that he learned from Jesus when he spent with Jesus for three and a half years. Remember, this is the same Peter that denounced Christ three times. This is the same Peter that was kind of like when a 12-year-old girl said, aren't you one of the Christ messiahs? Jesus must have said, no, 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 I'm not. You got the wrong person. This is the same man that said, I will go with you, Jesus, wherever you go, and failed miserably. And he, and he hid in an attic like a little boy, afraid of his life. But after the major transformation under the Christ, and he writes this powerful letter of 1 Peter, challenging the members, challenging the listeners that you need to be humble. And he gave us three biblical mandates or biblical commands how we ought to be humble. First is be humble toward one another. Amen? Second, humble yourself before Almighty God. Third, he talks about cast all your cares on God. Cast all your cares on God. So beginning, we'll address the first point. Be humble towards one another. And he talks about it, Peter talks about it in 5b. Peter says this, all of you, if you turn to your next slide, all of you clothe yourself with what? With humility with one another. Now, the Greek word for humility is tephinos rosne, meaning living in complete dependence on the Lord with no self-reliance or on flesh, but totally dependent on the Lord. You see, when you and I are dependent on the Lord, we are removing any self-reliance and we reflect more of our Lord Jesus Christ than ourselves. The question again I have to ask you beginning as you came into this morning, are you relying on your own self or on the Lord? Our behavior and our words become more like Christ. Therefore, Peter is challenging us and he's using this metaphor of clothing for us to put on humility that comes from being dependent on Christ. Now, we put on humility just as we put on the clothes each day. I woke up this morning and made a decision. As I looked at the closet that was hanging my shirt and the pants, I made a decision that I'm going to wear this shirt today, and I made a decision that I'm going to wear these pants today. It was a personal decision that I made. In the same way, you have to make a decision every morning. You have to make a decision every day. What type of clothes that you are going to put on? 
Is it going to be a loving heart clothes? Is it going to be a forgiving spirit of clothes? Or is it going to be a servant heart clothes? Or is it going to be an unforgiving or bitterness or have this kind of prideful attitude? What kind of clothes are you going to wear each and every day? That is a decision that you have to make. That is a choice you're going to have to make. And the question is, again, what clothes, type of clothes did you wear when you enter into the house of God this morning. According to the word of God, according to Peter, you have a choice, an option, what kind of clothes that you're going to wear. But spiritually, you have no choice in that matter. You are given a biblical mandate that you clothe yourself with humility. There is no choice. There is no option. As a deep follower of Jesus Christ, as Jesus says, be like me, and you want to imitate, you want to mimic Jesus Christ, and as you want to mimic Jesus Christ, then you need to put on the cloth of humility because that's who Jesus was. A Jesus who was a humble heart and a gentle spirit. And if you want to say you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and you want to be a deep follower of Jesus Christ, then you need to have a heart of humility. And that is the clothes that you need to wear every day. Amen? Amen. There is no options. There is no choice in that matter. It is a decision that you make every day because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Peter challenges us on this. So brothers and sisters, let me ask you another question. When we put on the hum humility, when we put on the clothes of humility, what does it look like? You may ask, Pastor, can you draw a picture or a painting? And how does that look like when you have a humble heart, when you are wearing a hum humble clothes? Well, when we put on humble clothes or humility, we put others first. We put others first. We will have the desire of putting others' needs first before our own. It's showing God's grace to others as we have received His grace and give grace to others as we have received His grace. And that's what Jesus Christ wants us to do. Jesus Christ has said, you have received my grace, you have received my forgiveness, and I have accepted you for who you are, knowing that you are a wretched sinner, Nick. You are a wretched sinner. And knowing that Paul was a wretched sinner, he accepted Paul. He accepted me. And he accepted you as a sinner. And, and who are we not to accept others when Christ calls us to accept others? Amen? As you know, uh, we closed on our house uh, last Friday, and we had to move out. And so we're homeless. <laughs> we're living in a hotel, <laughs> but it's all good. God is good. And my real estate agent called me or texted me and said, Pastor Nick, the sellers, the home that you need to, to move into, they're asking for extension on the closing date, which means it's going to delay our move to the new house. And it's going to be more inconvenience of us living in a hotel and being homeless. 
But I responded not even thinking twice. I responded immediately and I said, you know what? God has been good to us. God has shown favor. God has been gracious to us. So I, it is simple and it is no brainer that I want to show grace to the sellers. And that they could extend their stay at their home. And so that they could have, so they won't feel anxious. They won't feel, you know, stressed because they need to move out immediately. Even though it's an inconvenience to me and my family, because God has been good to our family, because God has shown grace to us, that we want to extend that grace to others. Amen? And that's what God expects of you, brothers and sisters. Can you testify this morning that God has been great, good and great to you? Amen? If you have received this grace, if you have received this goodness, then it, it is natural. And in return, God expects you to extend that grace and forgiveness and love to others that you come and meet with. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. You could do better than that. Amen? Hallelujah. God is good. But Peter gives another reason. Not only because we receive grace that we should show grace, but he gives us another reason about why we should put on humility is this. Peter said in the latter part of verse 5, in which he quotes from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, Peter says this, because God, what? Opposes who? The proud. You don't want to be the person that God opposes, do you? In other words, God is against the proud. God is against the proud. Here's why. You see, the proud thinks of themselves more important than others and view others less. You know people like that, right? You have co-workers. You have neighbors. Even some family members think that they're more important than you are. Proud thinks of more than themselves. That was the case with the computer expert. He thought his life was more valued than others. When every life is valued equally in God's eyes. And they also trust in themselves. Prideful people trust in themselves rather than God. But listen, whereas the humble put others first, that was the case with the pastor. And they put their trust in what? In God. Nowhere else, no one or no, nothing else. So notice what Peter says. God is against the proud, but shows what? Favor to the humble. The Greek word for favor is karas, which means grace as a gift or blessing brought to man by Jesus Christ. You all are highly favored. You all are highly favored because you are not prideful. You are highly favored because you have a heart of humility. You have a heart of Jesus Christ. And that is why the Father highly favors you. And as a result of Him highly favors you, which, which means specifically that, is that He pours out His blessing and His grace upon your life. But on the other hand, He does not do that to the proud. He's against the proud. He opposes the proud. Brothers and sisters, the difference between the proud and the humble is this. The proud seek glory for themselves and they will do whatever it takes to get there. It doesn't matter who they hurt. 
who they offend. The only thing that matters to them is me. Me, myself, and I. All right? But the humble, such as yourself and myself, is this. You see, we are humble. We give glory to God because we know God alone deserves the glory and honor. Amen? Amen. Can I say this? If you came into the church this morning, want, you know, want to put glory to yourself and want to bring honor to yourself, then you're in the wrong church. Amen? Amen. Because only, there's only one who deserves the glory and honor. question is, again, let me ask you this. The, the computer expert or the pastor in this story, who can you identify with? What type of clothing did you put on when you came in this morning? Second point, humble yourselves before God. In verse 6, we see Peter shifts gears from humility towards others to humility before God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. That's what Peter says. If God is against the proud, then it is the why, it is very wise for you and I to be humble, humble ourselves. We want to humble ourselves before God humbles us. And that's what a strong warning from Peter. You don't want God to humble you. The phrase, God's almighty hand, was commonly used in the Old Testament as God delivered his people, the nation of Israel. God's mighty hand guided and directed the destiny of his people. If they would, if they would, and it is a big if, if they would humble themselves. The nation Israel that came out of Egypt, you know, the first generation did not see the promised land. It was a second generation that saw the promised land, including the Moses. He didn't see the promised land because of their disobedience. And this is what God is, Peter is reminding us. Humble yourself before God's mighty hand. Loved ones, we all go through different life experiences in our lives. Isn't that true? Therefore, we should be, never be discouraged when things come up or resent the experiences of life. Again, uh, I believe uh, Brother Philip beautifully described that there were times when he went through some tough times as well. We all go through this tough time. But he sang that song beautifully. God is, again, if I may paraphrase, God is with us. He prayed God has got our back and God even has our front. All right? We all go through life's experiences. It is up to you. Do you want God to be against you or show grace and bless you? It is up to you. If you humble yourself before God Almighty, imagine the blessing you will receive from God's mighty, powerful hand. Some of you know that, and some of you can testify this morning. And you all know what I'm talking about, how God has blessed you because you humbled yourself. But some of you may be thinking, but Pastor Nick, I humble myself. 
but I'm still going through some difficult time. I'm still struggling. And I feel like God has just passed me by when he was pouring out his blessings. I feel alone. When is the blessing going to come? God is saying through Peter, in latter part of verse 6, he says, but he, that he may lift you up. In what? Underline that word, in due time. Amen. It is God's timing. And you and I know God's timing is perfect. Amen. How does that look like while we're waiting? His blessings may come through increase in spiritual blessings and fellowship with him. He may increase your resources because you have been faithful with what, you, what he has given to you and you've been a good steward and he will increase your resources. He said, listen, you've been faithful with the resources I've given to you, so I'm going to increase it. You see? You've been faithful in prayer. You've been faithful in serving the Lord, so I'm going to increase your blessing. But ultimately, the rewards will be waiting for us in heaven. Listen to this teaching moment from Jesus about humility. In Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 11, you see it behind me, or if you have your text, please turn with me to Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 11. Luke writes, When he, meaning Jesus, noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this. Jesus was just kind of hanging around with his disciples. And he knows the people were coming in. And as the people were coming in, all of them was racing after the seat of honor. All of them wanted the best seat in the banquet. You all know what I'm talking about. That's our human nature. We want the best thing. We want to, we want to be honored. And so Jesus, knowing that these people wanted to be sit in the best seat and was racing after the seat of honor and wanted, uh, wanting that recognition, so Jesus turned to his disciples and used this as a teaching moment, and he says this. Let me give you a parable. Let me tell you a story. And this is what he says. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited, if so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. And Jesus is saying, if someone comes up to you and said, hey, get up, get up, and go sit over there. Jesus is saying, don't put yourself in that situation. Because he's saying, that's pretty humiliating. You know, saying, hey, that seat is not for you. <laughs> go sit way in the back. So Jesus said, don't put yourself in this situation. And he says this, then humiliated, you will have to take the least seat or least important place. But, he says, big but, when you are invited, take the lowest seat or the back seat or the last row so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, why are you sitting in that place? Why don't you move up to the better place? Then you will be honored in the presence of all the guests. Are you following with me what Jesus is saying? What Jesus is teaching here? 
This is practical teaching. And so this is what he said. Then you'll be honored in the presence of the other guests. For, check this out in verse 11. It says, for those who exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. But those who humble themselves will be what? Be exalted. That's powerful. That's powerful. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be humbled. I don't want to be humbled. I want to humble myself as God gives me the opportunity to humble myself. And as you and I humble ourselves, God's promise is that He will lift you up. He will exalt you. Amen? It is far better that God exalts you rather than you exalting yourself. Brothers and sisters, it's natural for us to desire to be honored and to have the best seat in the house. The disciples, James and John, you know the story very well, very well. How arrogant of them was that they went up to Jesus. Jesus, we know that one day you're going to be sitting in your throne. And you're going to be the king of kings and the lord of lords. And the prince of peace. And you're going to be sitting in the throne. And we know you're going to sit in that throne. We want you to have us sit on the right and sit on the left. We want to be with you when you rule your kingdom. We want to be with you when you dictate and to be the king of kings and the lord of lords and the prince of peace. We want to be right there with you. But what did Jesus say? No, 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 no. That place has been already assigned. And you know the story very well. The rest of the ten disciples got indignant. They were angry and said, how dare you do that? But then that's the nature of man. We want to be in the best seats or the best place. Loved ones, if we humble ourselves before God Almighty, He will lift us up. That is why Jesus said, He says, if you want to be great, be the last, be, be a servant to all. If you want to be great, be a servant, be, have a humble heart. If you want to be the first in the kingdom, then you got to be last in this world. You know? Because if you are first in this world, then you're going to be last in the kingdom. That's the implication of what Jesus is teaching. Amen? Amen? So the question is, do we want to lift up ourselves or do we want to be humble so that God will lift us up? Third point is this, cast all your cares on God. Cast all your cares on God. Casting our cares on God is a sign of humility. Again, Peter gives us the reason why we should cast all of our cares and concerns. Notice in verse 7, Peter says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In the Greek text, verse 7 is not a new sentence as you see it in your Bible. Actually, the verse 6 and 7 is connected by doing so, Peter is telling us we ought to humble ourselves. That is a challenge. It is to casting all our anxieties to him. Why? Because God cares for you. How many of you have anxieties this morning? How many have concerns? How many have wor of, of worries or life worries do you have this morning? And Jesus is saying, I know what you're going through. And he's saying to you this morning, I know your anxieties. I know your concerns. I know your life worries. He says, cast it to me. Amen? Why? Because 
Jesus say to you? He says, because I care. I care for you. Peter understand that, and the reason why we do not put our others first and thinking of them are more important is because people have the mindset. That's why we put others first, because we know that Jesus got our back, and Jesus cares for us. But the world teaches otherwise. Just like the computer expert, I need to take care of my needs first before I could take care of others' needs first. I need to take care of me before I look out for others. It doesn't matter if that person needs help. I need help. Ah, therefore, I'm number one, uno, one. I am going to take care of myself. That is the mindset, and that is what the world teaches, and that's the, what the reflection of our culture today. On a side note, and, but the reason why we come to church is because when we put others first, then our brothers and sisters will take care of our needs and pray for our needs. That is why it's so important to be the body of church. Because if you are busy taking care of other people's needs, then God will provide and use the church to help and provide for your needs. That is the promise of God. And that is why it's so important for us to be part of the body of church because if you're not part of the body of the church then who's going to provide for your needs then who's going to help you for your needs now back to Peter he says God will take care of your needs so don't worry God is far more capable of and far better than taking care of your needs than ourselves therefore we should cast all of our anxieties on our heavenly father who loves us deeply this is the beginning of the road to humility. In return, in return, it frees us up from constant worries and concerns and leaves room for others, for us to focus on others and concerns. The Greek word for cast is epriholtu, which means throw some, something on someone. Throw something on someone. What Peter is saying is throw your anxiety, worries, and concerns all onto God. Now, help you to understand this is this. Imagine this tennis ball is your anxiety. Imagine this is your concerns. Or imagine this is your, your worries. And I'm going to ask Sister Sandra to stand up. Could you come move forward a little bit? <laughs> imagine this tennis ball is your anxiety, concerns, and worries. And Sister Sandra, Lord forgive me, imagine that Sister Sandra is God. All right? Casting your anxiety, your concerns, is to throw something like anxiety, 
like worries to God, knowing that He will catch it, just like our dear said. Are you ready? I'm sorry. That was my fault. That was. You can sit down. Thank you. Or you can throw it at me. That was my fault. It was a bad throw. But did you catch that picture? Did you catch that? When you cast your anxiety, it is having faith that you know that God is going to catch it. And as you know that God is going to catch it, that you can cast all your anxiety, all your concerns, all your worries onto Him, and He's going to take it. Why? Because He loves you and He cares for you. Amen? In the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 55, verse 22, King David says this, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will what? Sustain you. And He will what? Never, absolutely never, let the righteous be shaken. And you are righteous because Christ has reputed his righteousness unto you as you have put your faith and as you keep your eyes on Jesus and you are righteous. So therefore, you will never be shaken. Amen? Because God will never leave you. God will sustain you. And so therefore, you can cast your cares upon him. Amen? Hallelujah. In closing, loved ones, what type of clothes... Let me ask that question again. What type of clothes are you putting on each day? Some of us put on our favorite sports team caps or shirts. I see some men wearing socks, cups, bears, and other sports clothes because they want to say that I represent my team. Some put on our favorite clothes that represents our culture, our nation, our country. And some of the clothes that men and women wearing are beautiful. That represents their culture or their nation or country. Some of us put on clothes or caps that support particular political parties. I'm not going to go there. All right. Some of us put on nice suits and nice dress to look nice. But you put on each day, what you put on each day is important. What you put on each day is important. Just like my shirt that I put on, just like the slacks that I put on, it is important to me. And it reflects who we are, whether it may be a cap or whether it be, or it may be a suit, whatever it may be, it reflects who you are. But what's more important, my brothers and sisters, as deeply, deeply devoted followers of Jesus Christ, that we clothe ourselves with humility. Amen? Amen. As we exit this beautiful sanctuary that we put on humility. May people see us with a humble heart that is dependent on Jesus Christ and what naturally follows is that we treat others with humility and respect. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word.
that has spoken this morning, teaching us about humility, uh, teaching us about putting on the clothes, clothing ourselves with humility. Father, we want to be more like Jesus Christ. We want to reflect His love. We want to reflect His kindness. We want to reflect His meekness and love. And Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.